Well, good morning. How many are glad to be in God's house this morning? I saw a miracle happening today. I drove up to church and I saw people running into the house of God. And I turned to Angel and said, they are so excited about hearing my sermon. And she goes, uh-huh. So she brought me right back down to where I should be anyway. But we're so glad you're with us here today on the opening weekend of our brand new series called Blessed or Stressed. How many want to be blessed in 2024? Amen. Me too. So what we're going to do is we're going to invite our campuses to join us uh, here in just a moment. And you can tell that <clears throat> I'm about to lose my voice this morning which means I'm gonna need supernatural intervention to help me get through this, but also it would help me if you preach with me this morning. That's not good enough, all right? You gotta draw it out of me today, okay? So you gotta amen when I say a good point that you agree with. If I say something you don't agree with, just amen anyway, all right. Well, I wanna welcome all of our campuses from all over, the Long Beach campus, the Whittier campus, the uh, Glendale campus, Scottsdale campus, all of our campuses, online campuses. So glad you're with us here today. I wanna start by wishing you a happy new year. And I wanna tell this section right here, God bless you. Okay, let's try the middle section. God bless you. All right, let's try this section. God bless you. How about the balcony? God bless you. Not bad. A lot of people on the balcony. All right. What does that mean? Because we say it a lot. God bless you. God bless America. God wants to bless you. What does that mean? Well, to, to say bless you, the word bless you or blessing actually means to speak good about someone or something. But to be blessed by God, that's an entirely different subject. You see, when God blesses something or someone, he takes what they naturally have, now listen, and he multiplies it so it meets their greatest needs and even some of their wants in life. Remember when Jesus did the great miracle of feeding 5,000 men, which was about 20,000 if you had women and children? Uh, nobody brought any food that day except for one little boy who brought a sack lunch with five bread loaves and two little fish. And Jesus took the little bit of, of food and he held it up and he blessed it. And then he broke it and it multiplied to meet the needs of 20,000 people. See, that's what happens when God blesses your life. He blesses your life, your family, your kids, your business to meet your greatest needs. And that's why we're doing this series today. I want God to bless your life that way. As your pastor who loves you, I want your lives to be blessed. But let me share with you three quick uh, facts about the blessings of God. Fact number one, we don't deserve God's blessings. We don't. I don't. All the blessings that we have from God have not come because we can earn it or because we are good little boys or good little girls. The blessings of God come to us because he is good, not because we are good. He's a good God. Amen? Second fact. 
God blesses us because he enjoys doing it. Now, I'm a father. I got Aubrey and Anna Lee. I love to bless my daughters. You know why? Because I love them. You really can't give. Uh, you really can't love without giving. You, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And God enjoys blessing his children. Look what he says in Jeremiah 32 and verse 41. He says about the Israelites, I will enjoy blessing them. With all my heart, I will faithfully plant them in this land. Now he was talking about moving the, the Jewish people into their promised land. And he says, I will enjoy blessing them with the land. Now, some of you hear that and say, well, great. I'm glad that God enjoys blessing the Israelites. But Luke, I'm not a Jew. Well, let me give you another verse. Isaiah 56 and verse 3. My blessings are for those Gentiles too. Right? What's a Gentile? It's a non-Jew. That's me, right? When you accept, when they accept the Lord, don't let them think I will make them second class citizens. They can be as much mine as anyone else. So if you're in the family of God, God wants to bless your life. Now check this out. Did you know that there are 7,000 promises in the Bible where God says, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. If you will seek me, you will find me. If you give, I'll give back to you. If you confess your sins, then I'll forgive your sins. If you obey me, I will bless your life. There's over 7,000 promises in the Bible just like that. And every one of those promises has a premise or a condition. So well, I'm, I'm waiting on God to bless me. God says, no, I'm waiting on you to meet the conditions so I can bless your life because I really want to bless your life. Friends, he wants to bless our lives in ways that we can never even imagine. For an example, Deuteronomy 28, verses 2 through 8, lists several blessings of God, but they all come with conditions. Look at this. God says, you will experience all of these blessings, what? If you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in your towns and in your country. You'll be blessed with many children and productive fields. You'll be blessed with fertile herds and flocks. That's talking about blessing your business. How many of you want your business to be blessed? Come on, somebody. You'll be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit and with kneading bowls filled with bread. You'll be blessed wherever you go, both incoming and ingoing. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. He'll protect your backside. And the Lord will bless everything you do. Wow, that's called prosperity. He will bless everything that you do. Now, friends, as your pastor who loves you, that's what I pray for in your life in 2024. But to get those blessings, you have to put yourself in a position to be blessed. You have to get blessable, if that's a word. And when you get blessable, God says, I will bless everything that you do. I don't know about you, but I drank the Kool-Aid. I believe this stuff. I believe that God wants to bless his people. All right. Let me show you a cool verse in the Bible that I read this last week for the first time. This is my verse now. Psalm 31, 19. How great is the goodness you have stored up. Wow. What? He is storing up goodness for those who fear you. 
You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before a watching world. Wow, what a verse. Two things about that verse. Number one, God has already stored up blessings for you. He's waiting for you to meet the conditions, and he wants to bless you. And secondly, he says, I want to bless you visibly before a watching world. I want the world to see by the way I bless you how good a God I am, how, how loving of a God that I am. Now, again, as your pastor who, who really loves you, that's my prayer for you in 2024, Long Beach and Whittier and Glendale. Listen, I want you to be so blessed in 2024 that when people look at you and your family, they say, whoa, look at that guy. He's really being blessed. Look at that woman. She's really being, look at that family over at Dream City. What are they smoking over at that church? What's in the water over there? They're really being blessed. How are all these people being blessed? Well, God says, I want to bless you in front of a watching world because it's a testimony to me, he says, and my goodness and my love. Fact number three, and this one, boy, it really ought to hit the bullseye of everyone's heart right now. God's blessings are multi-generational. They're multi-generational. You can pass on the blessings of God through your life to your children. The Bible says in Genesis 25 and verse 11, after Abraham's death, God poured out rich blessing on Isaac. Isaac was Abraham's son. Isaac was blessed because of his father Abraham's righteousness. Now look at me. I am a man who is living as exhibit A of this. I don't deserve many of the blessings I have, of, of, I have in life from God. The reason why I have them is I have a mom, and I have a dad who love the Lord and they serve Jesus. But that's not all. I have a grandma and a granddad who loved and served Jesus. But that's not all. I have a great grandma and a great granddad who loved and served Jesus. I am receiving blessings from four generations down. I don't deserve these blessings. I just got lucky. I got, I mean, I got blessed. I got in the right family. Well, good for you, Luke. I'm so glad you have a wonderful heritage, but I don't have that. Why not start in your generation so that your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren can be recipients of your blessable life? Because you put yourself in a blessable situation. Well, Luke, it's too late for me. I've already raised my kids. I'm, you know, 60, 70 years old, and I've lived most of my life, and now I'm on the downside of the mountain. I got a verse for you, Job 42, 12. The Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than the first half of his life. What I'm saying is, it doesn't matter. Whether you're five or 15 or 50, or you have five or 15 or 50 years left on this earth, it's never ever too late to get in on the blessings of God. I'm trying to encourage you to step into God's blessings today. Put yourself in a position to receive God's blessings. Make yourself blessable. 
and God will bless the rest of your life in ways that cause your friends and family neighbor to say, wow, look at what God is doing in their life. How many of you want that kind of blessing in your life? Raise your hand real high. You know what God says to you? It can be. It can be. If you will get blessable. I just want to share with you in the next few minutes, six promises right from the word of God where he actually says to you and me, I will bless your life if you do this. Anybody curious? I will bless your life if you do this. And then I want to give you six action steps that you can take starting tomorrow morning. Six action steps that you can take to put yourself in the position to be blessed by God. So when you walk out of here in just a moment, you're gonna know six ways you can be blessed by God and it's gonna be your choice. Do you wanna be blessed or do you wanna be stressed? If you wanna be blessed, you'll do these six things. Here's the first one. God says, I will bless your life if you will meet with me every single day. I'll bless your life if you'll meet with me every day. Proverbs 834 says it like this. Blessed are those who listen to me. They watch every day at my doors. Now, some people call this a quiet time with the Lord. Others call it their prayer closet where they meet with the Lord. doesn't matter what you call it. What matters is that you do it. And you do it every day. It may just be five minutes. It may be a half an hour. Sometimes you'll get so caught up in God's presence, you'll, you'll pray for over an hour. But it's a time that you set aside every single day to meet with God, to check in with the commander in chief of your life. Well, Luke, what do I do during this, quote, meeting time with God? Well, I have a pattern of prayer I teach every year in the month of January that goes this way. The word ACTS, A-C-T-S, is really an acronym for a pattern of prayer. If you look at the word ACTS, the A in ACTS stands for adoration. So you, you sit down or you get on your knees and kneel down, and for the first few minutes, you just adore God. I adore you, Lord. You mean everything to me. You're my life. I adore you. You created the heavens and the earth, and you still have time for somebody like me. I adore you. I praise you. Just spend a couple minutes telling God how wonderful he is. The C in Acts stands for confession. After you adore the Lord, you take some time to say, God, there's some things I need to confess to you. I don't like the way I treated my wife today. Would you forgive me? Would you help me be a better husband? There's some things I wanna get off my chest, Lord. Would you please forgive me of this sin? I wanna be cleansed and holy before you. And you said you would remove my sin as far as the east is from the west. Just do business with God and confess your sin. Get clean. The T stands for thanksgiving. After you adore the Lord and confess your sins and just get clean before God, then you begin to thank him for all the wonderful things he has done. You'll never run out of things to thank God for. He's, he's blessed us so much in life. And just thank him over and over for the, the house you live in, the church you go to, the wonderful pastor you have. <clears throat> no, I, I don't know how that one came out. I'm just trying to make sure you're not sleeping out there. All right. And the final letter is letter S, and that's supplication. What does that mean? That means that's the time that you bring your request before God. 
after you adore him and confess your sins and thank him for everything, now you say, Lord, I've got some needs in my life and you present your needs to the Lord. That process will take you about 15, 20 minutes. And then you just sit back and this is what I do. I sit back and I be quiet and I listen. I listen. What am I listening for? The voice of God. Not the audible voice of God necessarily. I've never heard God's voice, but he speaks through loud thoughts, loud ideas that that speak to my heart. And God really will speak to you. So here's the first action step I want to give to this church family. I'm giving to all of our campuses. Those in Long Beach and Whittier, you may have your own process for this. So just go with what your campus is doing. For this church, this is what we're doing. If you will say, I will commit to 21 days of prayer, God will bless your life. Starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., our entire worship team will be here because we're going all in as a church to lead us in 10 minutes of worship. And then Pastor Brad's gonna stand up for 10 minutes and give you a 10-minute devotional on prayer, like I just did here. How to pray, how to touch the heavens, okay? After that, we have all these 21 days of prayer cards. And by the way, I hope you receive one today. Fill it out. We wanna pray for your needs. They're gonna be stacked up here on the platform. And for 30 minutes, the people who are here are gonna walk around some pace through the lobby, some pace up and down the aisles, some sit in their chairs, some kneel around the altar. They walk up and they take three of these stacks of three and they begin to read the prayer request of their brothers and sisters in the family of God. And they begin to pray for you and your needs. Listen, when you read some of these needs, like my daughter ran away from home and we don't know where she is. Please pray that she comes home. Or my son, he's hooked on drugs and he's living on the streets. He was raised in church, but the devil's got a hold of him right now. I promise you, when you start reading these requests, it'll make you cry. Listen, some of you haven't cried in a long time. But when you get in the presence of the Lord and you begin to read the request of other people, it'll make you grateful for how God is taking care of your family. It'll speak to your heart. And then after 30 minutes, we come together, all of us around the platform here, and we pray for our city, we pray for our nation, we pray for our kids and our school. And at seven o'clock on the dot, you are out the door on your way to work. We're gonna do that for 21 straight days. Now listen carefully. Mondays and Tuesdays, we meet here at 6 a.m. in the morning. Wednesdays, we do not. We're gonna meet on Wednesdays for our midweek service at 6.30, where we're going to pray together, okay? So we're gonna get some teaching and also prayer on Wednesday night. Then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, once again at 6 a.m. And then on Sunday, we're gonna pray together as a church, okay? We're doing that for three straight weeks. This is what I promise you, friends. This will change your life. This will change your life. Some of you need to do something that you've never done in your whole life to go all in for God during these 21 days and just watch what God does in your faith, in your family, in your finances, in your business. Go all in. Number two, God says, I will bless your life if you study and do my word. Let me ask you a question. How many of you really believe that God's plan for your future is better than your plan for your future. Do you really believe that? 
Well, God says to you, look, my will is found in my word. So if you wanna know my will for your future, you gotta get in my word because my will is found in my word. I wanna bless your family. I wanna bless your, your future, but my will is found in my word. Look at Psalm chapter one, verses one through three. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That's called the Bible. And on his word, he meditates day and night. What does it mean to meditate? It doesn't mean to put yourself in a, um, there's lint in my navel. I'm gonna meditate on that. Mm. No, it just means that you, what you do is you, you read a portion of God's word and you think deeply about it. What does it mean? How does this apply to my life, to my family, to my work? He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. He says, if you read the word, you're gonna be more productive and whose leaf does not wither. That means that Bidenomics is not going to affect your life, amen, and your future. You're gonna be more productive. Whatever he does prospers. Wow. How many of you wanna prosper in 2024? Listen, friends, there's a condition to prospering. You got to delight and study the word of God and then you must do it. So here's the action step. Actually two of them. We have <clears throat> created this book just for you. This is all four of the gospels put together in one story. It's a harmony of all four gospels. It's divided and you guessed it, 21 days. So you can read in 21 days, all four of, of the gospels, all four of the stories, you're gonna get God's word in your system. And the only way to get this book is to show up at 6 a.m. tomorrow because we spent $6,000 buying these books and we only have a thousand of them. So if you'll come tomorrow morning, you'll get this book and you'll get the word of God in your life. Now, here's the second thing. I'm gonna ask all of you, whether you're planning on coming to 21 days of prayer, I hope that's all of you, or not, to make sure you show up on Wednesday night for a midweek service. This year, I am devoting myself to teaching and preaching God's word more than ever before. I'm starting a brand new series this Wednesday. I'm calling it Nothing But The Truth. Nothing But The Truth, so help us God. We are now living in a day where there's death to truth in America. Truth is almost dead. And over the next six weeks, I'm gonna teach on Wednesday night where did truth come from? Is there really a truth, a thing called truth? I'm gonna talk about what the truth will do in your life, the power of God that's <clears throat> unleashed through your life when you become a person of the truth. I hope that you will storm this place. Even if it's not raining, run into this place on Wednesday nights to get the truth of God, amen? Here's a third thing God says. I will bless your life if you tithe your income. If you tithe your income, you know, the word tithe just means a 10th or 10%. It means that I, an angel, we take 10% of what we earn every period, period, and we bring it back to our place of worship. So if I make 10 bucks, I bring $1 back to God at the place he's called me to worship. Now people ask sometimes, why did God establish this pattern of tithing? And I wanna tell you why. God has a, a, a certain 
uh, area, a subdivision in heaven where he still hasn't been able to pave his streets of gold. And he's saying, if I can just get all the Dream City people to tithe, maybe I can get my streets of gold paved. Now, listen, God is not poor, right? He uses gold for asphalt, all right? He's not poor. This is not about your money. It's really about what your money represents, which present, represents, which is your heart. And I could push a little further, I won't, but I will, by saying that the reason why all of a sudden you got a little stiff in your seat is because money is so attached to our hearts. Isn't that right? It's just so close to our hearts. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that's the church, that there may be food in my house. What is a storehouse? That's the place you worship. I heard a guy one time say, well, I don't give my money to the church. I give it to the United Way. And I said, well, okay, that's not a tithe. He goes, who are you to tell me that that's not a tithe? I said, well, God said it's not a tithe, okay? Well, I don't agree. Well, you disagreeing doesn't mean you're right. The Bible says it, right? Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Friends, that's the kind of blessing I want for you in 2024. You're so blessed that you just can't handle it. Say, God, stop. You're blessing me too much. Bless somebody else. You're giving me too much. Notice what it says here. He says, test me in this. Now, friends, look this way. This is the only place in the entire Bible where we are encouraged to test the Lord. Now, back when I was in Bible school, we studied all the different proofs of the existence of God. We studied the cosmological proof of the existence of God, the teleological proof of the existence of God, the ontological proof of the existence of God. And after studying all those evidences for the existence of God, this is what I determined. <clears throat> I don't have enough faith to be a, an atheist. <laughs> it takes a lot more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God. Because to be an atheist, you have to say, all this came from nothing. Right? That takes faith, that we all came from nothing. Well, Luke, I just believe in the Big Bang Theory. All right, I got no problem with that. But the Big Bang had to have a Big Banger. Amen. <laughs> if I go hiking and I see a little rock out of place, that's an accident. If I go hiking and see a Rolex watch... And I pick it up and say, over 10 billion years, all these parts magically came together and this watch just started ticking. You'd say, Luke, you are nuts. You have lost your mind. Friends, whenever you have a design, you've got to have a designer. Come on, somebody. Whenever there's creation, you must have a creator. Nothing has ever created something. Never has, never will. It's interesting in the Bible. God never said, I want you to prove that I'm real through the ontological argument or the cosmological argument. He said, here's how you can prove that I really exist. I dare you, God says, start tithing. Return to me the first 10% of your earnings and watch what I will do. You give to me and I'll give back to you, God says, and we'll see who wins that battle. We'll see who gets, who, who gets the most in return. And I've been doing that for, since I've been 14 years old. 
And God has won that battle every single year. God has always blessed me with more than I've given unto him. So here's the action step. God, I will put you first and I will start tithing this week. I wanna ask you to put God to the test to start tithing from now until Easter. Easter is March 31st this year. It comes early. Would you test God in this area of your life? He says, prove me, test me in this area and watch what God will do. Here's the fourth thing. God says, I will bless your life if you help others that are in need. God says, if you will help others that you see who are less fortunate than you, who have less than you, I'm gonna bless your life. Would you all appease me this morning, all of our campuses, would you put your hands up like this to God? And would you say these words after me? God, make me a straw, not a reservoir. Put your hands down, thank you. That should be our prayer every single day. Reservoirs, they they keep all the blessings to themselves. They hoard it, but straws say, God, you bless me so I can be a blessing to other people. And friends, I promise you this, you'll get a lot further with regard to God's blessings when you're a straw and not a reservoir. The Bible says in Psalm 41, verse one, God blesses those who are kind to the poor and helpless. He helps them out of their own troubles. He protects them and keeps them alive. He publicly honors them and destroys the power of their enemies. That's a lot of promises. God says, when I see you helping the poor, when I see you feeding the poor, when I see you helping the marginalized people, I'm going to bless your life in ways you can't possibly imagine. Let me ask you a question, not to the church, but to you as an individual. Do you ever think about anybody else besides yourself? Ever? Do you ever think about people who are less blessed than you are and how you might help them? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 22 and verse nine, a generous man will himself be blessed for he shares his food with the poor. If you wanna be blessed, share your food with the poor. That's why this church gives so much food to the poor and the hurting in our community because we wanna be blessed, amen? Blessed by God. Last year, the Dream Center gave out 716,600 meals. Right at five million meals in the last 10 years. Mom's Pantry last year, fed 17,739 households. That's 54,194 people. I don't know of a church in America who does more to feed the poor and help the hurting. So here's the action step. If you want to be blessed, you will simply say this, put it up on the screen. I will bring food from mom's pantries Loaves and Fishes Food Drive, Sunday, January 28th. Next weekend when you come in, you'll get a sheet of paper telling all the items that we need. And if you want to be blessed, do something for someone who cannot bless you in return. Amen? I want to be blessed. I'm doing it. Here's a fifth thing. Only two more. We're almost done. In fact, the team can come to help me wrap this up. Listen carefully to these last two. God says... I will bless your life if you will share the good news. Oh, give me your heart for a moment, friends. If you'll share the good news, 
if you won't be ashamed of Jesus, if you'll talk to your friends about Jesus, if you'll buy a book to some, for some of your intellectual friends about Jesus, I will bless your life if you share the good news. Friends, if I had a cure for cancer and didn't share it, that would be criminal. If I had a cure for AIDS and didn't share it with anybody, they had to put me in jail and throw away the key. If you know Jesus, you have something far more important than that. You have the information about how people's past can be forgiven, how their present can have a purpose, how their future can be secured. Where else on planet earth are you going to get that? And God says this, it's criminal for you not to share it. It's criminal. People are dying and going to hell. Family members are dying and going to hell. It's criminal if we keep it to ourselves. You'll be blessed if you share the good news. Philemon 1.6 says, I pray that as you share your faith with others, it will grip their lives too as they see the wealth of good things, as they see the wealth of blessings in you that come from Christ Jesus. The way that you live your life ought to be a testimony to others. I want what they have. Look at the joy. Look at the peace they have. Look how they're sharing with others. Look at how they're being blessed. I want what they have. And when they ask you how you got it, you need to be ready to share it. Is there going to be anybody in heaven because of you? Wonderful crowd here today on a rainy day, but there's still empty seats. Would you go out this week and make it your personal mission that I'm not coming on Wednesday night or next Sunday alone? I'm not going to keep what God has done for me silent anymore. I'm going to be on mission. What I'm saying, friends, is this. I'm saying that your life matters. You are not just a little island unto yourself where one day your little candle goes out and poof and that's the end of you. Your life matters. You are needed in the family of God. God has a plan and a purpose for your future. He wants to use you and give you the joy of seeing your friends and your brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers come to know Jesus. Beautiful verse, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 8. The apostle Paul says, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their labor for we are co-workers. You're not your own. You're a co-worker with God. Co-workers, he says. In God's service, and you are God's field. You are God's building. What does that mean? It means that God is building a church. He's got one mission on planet Earth, and that's building his church. It's the biggest thing going on planet Earth. And when every person is in the family of God that God knows is going to be in his family, poof, it's all over. We're graduating into the next phase, which is heaven. But we must work while we can still work for God. So here's my challenge to you. My challenge is that you would take your, you can't all be preachers like me. You can't all be great worship leaders and singers like me. I mean, like Adam, you know, and some of you plant the seeds, some of you water it, some of you pull the weeds. But we all come together in all of our areas of life. It's like a beautiful orchestra when all the elements come together and they begin to play. It's just like a beautiful symphony. 
as we see our brothers and sisters come to know Jesus Christ. So here's a challenge. Would you make it your mission as you leave here today over the next three weeks to invite one person to be your guest? As you leave here today, they're gonna give every every one of you one of these cards. It just says, sit with me. When you open it up, it says, this is something you give to people as you're buying them food, amen. As you're being good to them, being blessed by God. They're gonna ask, why are you doing this? Hey, would you like to come be my friend, my, my guest at church? Give them one of these cards. It says, my name, your name there. Text me when you arrive and your cell number on there. Then on the back, there's a QR code that tells the locations of the church. Why not plan a meeting time in the lobby where you buy them a cup of coffee? Let me ask you, how many of you are proud of this place? You're proud of your church? This is not my church. This is, you know, it's not my dad's church. This is your church. This is our family. This is our home. Walk them around the lobby. Show them the great things that God has done. Get excited about the things of God. Buy them coffee and then come here and sit by them. And when I give the altar call and they raise their hand, walk forward with them to pray with them so they can receive the Lord. Some of you have never experienced that in your whole life. There's a blessing to that. God says, I'll bless your life if you will do it. And here's the last thing, and then we're done. God says, I will bless your life if you participate in fellowship. What does that mean? It means that you don't live life by yourself. You get involved in this family somewhere. You get involved in a group, a ministry group. You build relationships with others. Look at what Paul says in Romans 1. I'm eager to encourage you in your faith. I catch this. But I also want to be encouraged by your faith. I love that. I want to encourage you and I want you to encourage me. In this way, each of us will be blessing, will be a blessing to the other. When you are in community with the family of God, it works both ways. You are blessed and you become a blessing to others. In fact, many of the blessings that God wants to do in your life, you can't do by yourself. They will come as a result of getting involved in the family, the community of God. But if you're not working hard to build those relationships, some of those outside relationships you have are not edifying you. They're dragging you down. They're pulling you down. It's time to X some of those old relationships and build some new relationships that will be life-giving to you that will get you where you want to be with God. So here's the action step. I will get involved in a group somewhere, a small group, a ministry group. There's 150 ministry groups in the church. Find one and get involved. Or not? why not just come Wednesday night and, and hear what I have to say about nothing but the truth in the, in the message and then grab a cup of coffee afterward out there and sit with the group and talk about it. Let God use you in that way. Okay, that's it. Just before Pastor Brad comes and our campus pastors come, I want you to look at this list one more time. Put it up if you would. Meet with God every day. You'll be blessed. Study and do his word. We're gonna give you the book tomorrow morning. You can read it. You can come midweek on Wednesday, study the word. Tie their income, help others in need, share the good news, participate in community. Those are right out of the Bible where God says, if you do them, you will be blessed. 
And this is what Jesus said in John 13, 17. Now that you know these things, you all know them, you're responsible. You will be blessed if you know them. Is that what he says? No, he said, you'll be blessed if you do them. My friends, look at me right from my heart. Everything I have just shared with you over the last 35 minutes will be worthless to you. Unless you do it. There is no blessing in just hearing it and knowing it. The blessing comes in the doing it. This is your choice, blessed or stressed. Nobody's gonna force you to do these things. The next 358 days of your year, you're going to be blessed or stressed. You can go through this year like you did last year, feeling so stressed out, so far from God, maybe not reading God's word, never getting into 21 days of prayer, watching everybody else get blessed when you had the same opportunity because we all have a choice to be blessed or stressed. Man, I want your life to be blessed. How many would say, Luke, I want to go to a new level of God's blessing in my life in 2024? Come on, raise your hand real high. I want my family to be blessed. I want to be a multi-generational blesser so my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids one day can experience the blessings of God. I want to be blessed financially in my business so I can be a straw and not a reservoir so I can be a blesser. Well, you have a choice to make. What do you want? Stress or blessing? Would you all stand to your feet for a closing prayer? Just before the campus pastor comes, I read this morning on Fox News app that a new world record has been set. A 92-year-old man trained for nine months hiking because his dream was to hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim, 92 years old. And he accomplished it. It took him 20, 24 hours, I believe, to accomplish it. But he decided, this is what I'm going to do. He made a choice, he made a decision. Now I'm not asking you to hike the Grand Canyon. I'm not asking you to train for nine months. What I'm asking you to do is to show up tomorrow morning for 21 days of prayer. The first step is always the hardest step to take. Once you get in the groove, you won't want to leave. You'll want to come back Tuesday and come back Wednesday night and come Thursday because you will see the blessings of God in your life. And by the way, all these blessings of God I'm talking about, they all hinge on a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't get in on any of these blessings unless you know the Lord. And Brad's going to tell you, and your campus pastor's going to tell you how you can know him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, I pray your spirit would move mightily right now in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.